What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht, and I teach insurance agents how to quote less, win more often, and build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. Whether you're a brand new producer just starting out or you've been grinding it out year after year, you're in the right place to learn how to grow your book. I teach insurance producers my step-by-step 12X framework that helps you get the incumbent agent fired and you hired. After all, why waste time quoting when you can win with one signature? If you're looking for a proven system to help you 12X your book of business, then visit my website at www.12x.club to see how it's done. Otherwise, kick back, turn up the volume, and remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Well, hello there, Permission Nation. My name is Charles Specht. I am your host here at the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. I hope that you are doing great. I hope that you are having a wonderful day. I hope that you are selling insurance. I hope that you are setting lots of appointments and that you are collecting signatures and serving happiness. That's what we do here in the insurance business. But sometimes there is a dark side of the insurance business. Sometimes there are rather unscrupulous brokers out there. I want to talk to you today as I kind of finish up this series that I've been doing about how to create more trust with your prospects. Today, we're going to talk about hidden exclusions and prohibitive policy terms, how you can win more more insurance clients, how you can win more clients with transparency, how you can win more clients with transparency. And so I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about this for a moment. What does your proposal look like and or contain whenever you meet with a client or a prospect rather even to go over the quotes you've received? What's in your proposal? You want to know why I asked that question? I asked that question because many insurance agencies do not actually have a formalized proposal that they use. It is amazing to me even how many very large agencies do not have a formalized proposal that they use. It is not only somewhat amateurish, unprofessional to not have a formalized proposal that you're going to show to your prospects, but frankly, it's also an E&O exposure to not actually have a formalized process to allow your producers to put in whatever they want or to not include whatever they want. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the issue of transparency and why your insurance prospects don't trust you because they don't know what's happening. They don't know what it contains. They don't know how you come up with these numbers. The lack of education, the lack of understanding that an insurance buyer has about the entire insurance process is not your friend, it's your enemy. As I have said a number of times, that the insurance industry is set up not for your success, it's set up for your failure. Your prospects don't necessarily trust you. They don't. They don't know how to trust you. They don't know why to trust you. Because you're speaking a language that they don't understand. If if I walked into a room um, filled with people, for example... And they all kind of like looked at me, you know, at different times during the day, day, and they kind of looked at me, and they started speaking in different languages that I didn't that I didn't understand, or you know, they kind of pointed at me or something like that. I would feel 
I would feel very out of place. I would feel, I would feel nervous. I would feel like they were talking bad about me, things like that. Why? Because I don't know what they're saying. And a lot of times it's like that even with our prospects. We start throwing out all this insurance language at them, and they don't understand what we're saying. They don't understand the difference between one particular exclusion from one carrier and then the same exclusion from a different carrier because they're just different. They all exclude different things, and they have different definitions of it, and they just don't know what these, what these coverages really do or don't do. And you want to know why I know that that's true? Because the average insurance agent doesn't know what these things actually say or what the differences are or what they are covering or not covering. Because it's hard. It's insurance. It's actually not very easy to understand. And I just want you to think about it. If it's difficult for insurance people to not really understand all of these things or to know the differences, and we've been in the business for a while, we're even licensed for it, um, how much more difficult is it for somebody who doesn't really deal with insurance much, doesn't actually know anything about why these things might even be different? It's when we start talking to them, if you will, or we start treating them, we start branding, we start um, marketing to them, we start showing them things that confuse them, you will lose, right? If you confuse, you will lose. That's something that Donald Miller says very often from uh, StoryBrand. If you confuse, you'll lose, that's what happens when it comes to your clients, your prospects. If you confuse them, if you make them nervous, if you talk over their heads, you will confuse them, you will lose them, you will not win. So how can you get your clients to trust you, rather your prospects to trust you? Well, the issue here that we're talking about, at least on this one, is unfortunately a lot of unscrupulous insurance brokers out there, they should lose their license, they should not be allowed to continue in this industry because they specifically hide things from their prospects or they do not highlight the main issues that would cause them to um, maybe pick a different path if they knew exactly what was happening here. I'll give you an example. I may have said this before. I don't know. It's one of my favorites ones that I've heard recently, so I just use it. But one of my clients um, was telling me recently about um, a contractor that they were uh, focusing on. Uh, it was a roofing contractor. The insurance policy that the roofing contractor had had a 100% exclusion for roofing, for roofing exposure. Okay, no coverage. He kept saying that nobody could beat his agent, and obviously nobody could because everybody else was coming in with a general liability policy that was covering exposure for roofing um, exposures, and his was not. Um, apparently, what had happened was the broker completely misrepresented the insured somehow um, in regards to the class code and the, just the nature of operations, and got some kind of a quote for a contractor that didn't have coverage for a roofer and it had a roofing exclusion. Does that seem prohibitive to an insured who has roofing exposures? Yes, it does. Is that, is that at least terrible gross negligence, if not criminal? Yes, it is. And frankly, I, it's for reasons like that that the insurance people in this industry have a bad reputation with people outside of the industry. But hidden exclusions and prohibitive policy terms are one of the reasons why many times your insurance prospects do not trust you. I want to talk to you today about a different approach to maybe how you can meet with your prospects in order to ultimately win their business and hopefully even buy a signed broker of record letter. To kind of give you a little bit of a, maybe a parenthesis around this, I don't know exactly like what I think about this. I don't know how I feel about this. I, there's one side of me that really likes this approach. The other side of me says, 
I don't like that approach because it seems like you're doing work for free. And I don't like to work for free. But I also know that it can work. And so because of that, I want to tell you about it. And then I might want to also encourage you to give it a try to see if it could work for you. You might not want to ask for the broker of record letter on that first appointment. Maybe you, maybe you should. I usually tell you that you should. But maybe you might not want to. Maybe you might want to actually ask for it on the second appointment. And here's what I mean by that. Maybe when you meet with the client, the prospect rather, the insurer, that first time, you're there building the rapport and you're uncovering the problems that they have and you're kind of telling them about what you can do and so forth. You're finding out information about their insurance policy or their plan. You are potentially maybe even getting copies of their deck pages and figuring out what they have and what they don't have in regards to their insurance coverages and their policies. And then rather than maybe kind of push the issue, maybe you can do what some people might call a free policy audit, okay? For lack of a better way in which to at least describe it right now, you might refer to it as a a free policy audit that you go through and you begin sort of creating an itemization of what they don't have or what is missing as well as other services that they haven't been receiving from their broker that you would be giving them going forward. Now, again, I want to kind of do a little bit of a timeout here because I wouldn't want to just do that and do it for free and provide free work. I would only want to go through that process if I had some kind of buy-in from the insured on if they were going to do business with me once we came, to, once we came back and we were able to prove something one way or another. In other words, if I can find gaps in coverage then obviously your other agent hasn't done a good job, and then you should award me the, the signed broker of record letter. If I can find gaps in your coverage when we come back, will you do that? If the insured says yes, then I would probably be more than willing to go through that next point because they have given me their verbal word that they're going to do that. I'll remind them of that in emails as well. Certainly when we come back again, I'll probably remind them even before we go through that, um, that little bit of a, a, an audit proposal. But I think going through it can be really, really helpful. In fact, um, I know of a few different insurance agencies out there that do that, that same kind of thing from a workers' compensation standpoint. A little bit different on how they do it. Um, you can do it for different policies. You could do it for general liability. You could do it for auto. They just happen to do it for workers' compensation. And I like doing it for workers' compensation because you can find a lot of problems here on the work comp side. But what they do is they, they'll meet with a prospect and either in that first appointment or the second appointment, they will talk about what it is that they're going to do, that they're going to plan to take over the policies by a broker of take over the policy on workers comp by a broker of record letter so that they get access to the information, they get access to the adjuster so that the adjuster will talk to them. They will start um, finding out from the adjusters what's happening on these claims. They will get copies of the XMOD worksheets. They will start reviewing these for the correct payrolls and just the issues in regards to indemnification and you know which carrier submitted the audits correctly for the payrolls and which didn't and were they in the right class codes and just all of that. And their whole pitch to the prospect is that if I can find problems with problems that are on your current workers' compensation um, program right now, that you will broker over your workers' comp to me, and then we get to keep it at renewal as well as taking over the other lines. That's their pitch 
to them because they they also sort of sell it to the insurer from the standpoint that, look, it doesn't cost you anything to sign a broker of record letter. It doesn't cost you to let us work for a couple of months to see what we can find out. If we can't find anything, if we can't find any problems, then obviously your agent has done a great job. You just sign another piece of paper back to them and there's no harm, no foul. However, if we do find these problems, we're going to work to resolve those. But the buy-in that we need from you is that if we start working to resolve these, you're then intending to stay with us, keep the policies with us, and we're going to be the agent who actually goes out to market next uh, time and actually renews it with whichever carrier we place you with. If we can get that buy-in from you, we're definitely willing to go down that process. But that is their entire, that is their entire pitch. And you know what? It works. <laughs> it works. They actually are very successful at that. Um, occasionally, you know, it, they can't find anything, and so then the insurer just sort of takes it back and gives it back to the other agent. But there's a lot of times where they find a lot of significant issues, and usually you can always find some kind of problems and gaps and so forth um, that are significant enough that they would want to continue to work with you, even then including the services you can provide. But it's that lack of transparency that the insured doesn't understand what's going on behind the scenes, that they don't understand the insurance process. It's that lack of, of that whole process that causes them to not necessarily trust insurance agents. But if you can explain how you're going to be able to, to bring about a more positive result, they are that much more likely to want to do business with you. So I want to give you an example of a time when, back when I was a broker, and I got a broker of record letter on, I think at the time it was like a $50,000 commission um, insurance for this drywall subcontractor. So I think like the comp was like maybe $350,000 of premium and then everything else. And it came into being like something close around like $50,000 of commission. So I was meeting with a prospect, you know, the first time, you know, and you know, I was able to find out what their X mod was before we met, and so forth. And you know, they had a debit mod. They just they couldn't figure it out. They had a couple of years going where like it was a debit mod each year, and they're just like, we don't know why this is like this. Well, um, she didn't understand how X mods were calculated. She didn't understand what she could do to lower it. But the thing is, is that she had an agent who actually claimed that he was a workers' compensation expert. And he claimed, I mean, his entire like company was named something like workers' comp you know, expert or something like that. But he, he didn't do any work. This is the thing. He just didn't do any work. He never really did much behind the scenes to actually help the insured get this lowered. And he kept the insured in the dark about why it was like that and what she could do to maybe fix the situation. And so... Look, here's what it was. This is how I got a $50,000 revenue account. You want to hear what it was? I spent about 10 minutes just explaining how the XMOD is calculated and like what she can do to, to maybe try and fix it. That was it. I didn't even do anything at that point. At the end of that first meeting, she signed the broker record letter over to us and all the policies, and we took it over because she said, this was kind of her words, I've I've been ha I've had insurance you know for 20 years now that the business has been in in place. I've never been able to figure out how this all works. I can't get even my agent to tell me like how how this is calculated, what I can do to fix it. In 10 minutes, I've learned more from you than I have in the last 20 years. I think you can you're the right one. You can answer this. You can fix this for me. And she signed the broker record letter. And I just want to tell you, there's no reason why you can't do that too. There's no reason why you can't do that as well. And so this whole process, this whole idea of 
how you can win more clients is by being more transparent, by being much more of an advocate for education, helping them actually see what they have, what they don't have, rather than doing what lots of agents tend to do is they win a new client and then they ghost that client. They win that client and then they let the dust of the binding policy settle and then they're just sort of gone. They just, they're gone. Um, the insured has a bit of buyer's remorse because they were hoping to get a lot more than that and they just didn't get much. Unfortunately, lots of your competitors do that. If you do that, smack your knuckles, stop it, don't do that anymore. Educate your client. You might say, but Charles, if I educate my client, they might like then have information that they might leave me. Really? Really? Is that what you think? They're going to leave you because you're being more helpful? No, I don't think that's going to happen. In fact, you know, somebody who actually is helpful, someone who actually teaches, someone who actually shares the information, I think is, the, is probably the one agent who's going to have more respect from the insured. You're probably going to have more loyalty from the insured because you're there helping them and they're not going to feel like you are hiding things from them, that you're pulling the wool over their eyes, if you will, that you are not really being um, open and honest about what's in the policy and what's not. I say you give it a shot. See what happens. What do you think? Could you do that? I think you could. Are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business. So don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. That's nbsbrokerage.com. And by the way, tell them Charles sent you. I want to give you an example of maybe some ways that you could do a much better job in order to make your prospect or insured feel more comfortable with you. There's this one agency that I worked with a number of years ago, and... As far as I know, even still to this day, they do it this way. I, I couldn't actually get them to sort of go over to the other side and just become more, more open and professional and transparent. But they really had no kind of a proposal presentation. They didn't have any kind of um, set standards for their proposals. And so their producers were just putting together whatever they wanted. They, they didn't have even like a cover sheet on there. They didn't have any kind of, you know, um, additional insurance coverages that they were recommending or anything like that. Many times, all, many times all they would do is they would just take an email um, from the quote that they got and then just send it to the insured so that they could take a look at it. Or maybe that's all they did. They just printed it out and they gave it to the insured. Well, you know what that's like? It's like giving somebody a textbook that teaches them how to speak French. That's what that's like. That's what that's like. Imagine if somebody did that for you. Imagine if you didn't know anything about insurance and that's how your, imagine that's how if that broker treated you. Would, would that be a good experience? 
that you would want to do business with that agent? Would that be a good experience where you would want to have them service your account over the course of a year? Would that be a good ser- would that be a good experience where you would think this person's professional and they know a lot about insurance? No. Not at all. In fact, I'm not saying that your proposal or your presentation has to be like a novel. It doesn't have to be super thick, but it better have the information that they want to see. Here's what, here's how I actually did my my proposals and my presentations, and then it's also what I require of agents now when they are providing quotes for my clients on constructive risk. Okay, I would create there would there would be like the standard proposal that we would do. I would then also create an Excel spreadsheet that had columns, and on the left-hand side of the spreadsheet, it would list all the various different like types of coverages. Okay, If there was a residential exclusion, what were the limitations? What's the rate? What's the premium? What's the AM best rating? Um, you know, what, what are the audit terms? All that kind of stuff. It would list it, and then each quote down the columns would have like what were the differences in between each, each one. Okay. Now, the reason why I did that, um, and frankly, I just kind of have to look back on it as, okay, this was just, I kind of got lucky. But I did it that way because I didn't know what the differences in these things were. You know, you get six quotes and you're like, yeah, I don't really know, kind of know what the differences are here. You, got, you start out just by looking at the premium. Okay, great. Um, you can kind of go down and maybe take a look at the exclusions list and see what's there and what's not there. But you really have to kind of put these quotes side by side to actually see what's there. And then when you're putting them side by side and something is really kind of like sticking out, you highlight that that either to say, look, this is an additional, um, this is a great coverage that this carrier has, or you highlight it from the standpoint that this is just a really real negative for this carrier, why they're doing this, right? And so it gives you a chance to actually show to the to the insured what's there and not, and not there because they get multiple quotes from different people, uh, different agents, if you will. They don't know how to choose these things. And most insurance agents, when even if they do put together a proposal, their proposal really only highlights one thing, one, one carrier. They don't get um, proposals that highlight the differences because most agents, unfortunately, are definitely price shoppers. You are a price seller if you only put in one one actual pro, um, proposed quote, and you might list the other quotes you've received or indications, but you're typically putting together in your proposal whichever one you want because it's a little bit cheaper than the other ones. Okay, If that's what you're doing, that just says that's amateur hour right there. That means that you're not a price shopper, you're a price seller. And yep, you sell on price because that's what you're presenting if that's what your proposals look like. I, I get it. That there's no reason why you necessarily are going to want to necessarily only propose a more expensive one. I'm telling you, let's step up our game. Let's create a side-by-side comparison so that the insured, the insured can see why they might want to go with one rather than the other. It just comes down to a bit of an education process, a bit of a transparency process. Because think about it. What does your prospect want? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, throughout the entire quoting process, they want three things. They want to be able to save a whole lot of time in this whole process. They want to be able to save money in this whole process. They don't want to pay more for a premium than they, na- than they have to. But what is most important to them is that they want peace of mind. They want peace of mind knowing that they bought insurance from the right broker and they bound coverage with the best carrier at the lowest premium possible. Okay, they, they bought the best, the best quote, the best coverages at the lowest premium possible. They want that peace of mind that they bound coverage with the best insurance program.
They want to save time. When you put it side by side, they don't have to figure it out. They don't have to like sort, sort through all these different proposals. Um, they want to make sure that they're saving money so that they can actually see where these things are going to come into play. I mean, the difference between deductibles by themselves, depending upon how, mu- how, many, how many claims they have in a year, could be the difference between why one carrier would be a better choice and not the other. It has nothing to do necessarily with premium. You can be more expensive on the premium, but if you have better terms on the deductibles or the uh, self-insured retention, it's going to be a much better, much better policy for the insured. So these are all things that have to be taken into consideration, and you won't really know that unless maybe you can do a side-by-side comparison. Give the insured that information that they need in order to be able to make a wise, strategic decision, and they will feel loyal to you because they don't think that you're hiding anything. So I would tell you, even as I told you in the last episode, to have what it might be called a dummied um, submission, where you create a dummy submission in your system with a court apps, loss runs, and all that kind of stuff, I would tell you also create potentially a dummy proposal so that you can show the insured what your columns look like. I would say take a few different you know, quotes, if you will, that are not even maybe like legitimate out there, and put them side by side. You know, hide maybe the names of, of the insured, any policy number, but the name of the carrier doesn't matter. You keep the carriers in there if you want. Um, I might even use that if I was getting like quotes for a plumbing subcontractor and I had four quotes for a plumbing subcontractor. I might stick them all in there and say, here's where the difference is, at least on this plumbing subcontractor from these main carriers who are writing the business. And so put them side by side. Show the insured that that's what yours is going to look like. Show the insured, this is why you should allow me to represent the carriers that I want to represent going to the marketplace for your renewal because this is what my proposal is going to look like when I show back up. It's going to have it side by side. You're going to be able to see the differences. You're going to be able to make the right choice based upon the actual data that is there rather than just saying, okay, well, an agent showed up, claimed they had seven quotes, but they only showed me this one in the proposal because they said it was less expensive. And what does the insured normally do? The insured normally just goes with it. Why? Because they're like a four-year-old when it comes to insurance. They don't know. But that should not be acceptable. We should be much better than that. We shouldn't be playing the amateur hour. We need to actually show the insured everything. We need to be transparent. We need to educate them on the process. The insured is going to appreciate that, and they will do business with you because of that. So use that process. Use that process. You can create a better trust experience with your prospects by being educational and by being transparent. If you fail to do that, it is likely you will not get as many clients. The choice is yours. What will you do? What will you do? If I can just tell you and take a moment here to even kind of talk about this. This is something, these particular issues is something that I'm beginning to talk about a lot more in my my mastermind with the insurance agents that are in there. And I want to tell you that I just increased the price of the mastermind significantly. If you are interested in becoming a member of the mastermind, you can reach out to me and I will give you um, an opportunity within seven days of this episode actually airing. I will give you a link that you can utilize to go back and become a member of the mastermind at the less expensive cost of only $100 a month. Otherwise, you know, right now it's uh, close to about $2,000 a year to actually become a member of the mastermind. In that mastermind, I'm giving you everything you need to know about how to become a $1 million or more insurance producer, to, how to build your book to a million dollars or more. 
You will have full access to my Broker of Record Letter digital course, which is my flagship program that teaches the Broker of Record Letter process from A to Z. That Broker of Record Letter process, that, that, that digital course, Millionaire Producer School, it tells you about what you need to do step by step in order to kind of put yourself in that position. Right now, currently in that mastermind, I put on two live coaching calls every single week and that members of the mastermind can come on and actually get um, a lot of coaching inside that mastermind. Some of it, sometimes it's even one-on-one coaching right there while I'm, I'm talking to that person. Um, sometimes we're kind of like going back and forth with people in the mastermind about what one is doing versus what another is doing. And then you can kind of take some of those, some of that information and utilize that in your own process. Along with that, inside my mastermind, I've got about 120 or so training videos inside that mastermind on a lot of different topics, such as how to actually use LinkedIn to get more clients, how to do that for prospecting, scripts to use for your cold calling, how to actually um, lead a meeting with your prospect, what to say, what not to say, how to, how to set up the whole conversation so that at the end of it, you're going to be able to be in a better position to ask for the broker record letter, how to put together the 12-month timeline of services and what it should look like. I mean, all of these things are right there. For just a very small investment on your part, it can potentially throw you into the future of having a million dollar or more book of business. It, it, it could increase, I, w- I wouldn't hesitate to say that it could increase the amount of revenue that you write on, a, on, a, on an annual basis by about 25%. So if you're doing, for example, 100 grand of revenue, maybe you could do about 125, start, you know, start going forward. If you change nothing else, if you change nothing else and just start implementing some of these things, how could it actually impact your business going forward? Maybe instead of doing like 50 grand, you start doing 250,000. Right? A lot of it is also just mindset. A lot of it is mindset. Working with an agent who had about a $600,000 book of business, two years later is at 1.3. Might even end the year now around 1.8. Why? Wasn't a new program. Wasn't anything. It was just simply mindset. A different way in which to approach the entire process. I want to tell you that I do believe that when you go into the mastermind, you're going to be in a much stronger position to actually win a much stronger position to actually win. So I encourage you, go to brokerofrecordletter.com, brokerofrecordletter.com, or simply just go to my website at permissiongroup.com and then click on the mastermind link. It'll take you there. You'll, as soon as you sign up, you'll have immediate access to all of this. Now, I normally, you know, in these podcasts, I've been trying to be very careful about not doing a commercial, and I usually don't do a whole lot of commercials, if you will. Um, this is really kind of the first time that I've done this where I spent any sort of significant time talking about what it is, but I just want to tell you, I just know that people who are inside the mastermind, those people get the information that they need. And when we start implementing it, holding ourselves accountable and actually doing the work, you're going to achieve better results. But if you only do what you've always done, you will get the same results you've always gotten. You have to change something. You have to change something. You have to actually go all in and say, you know what? I want to be a part of this. I want to actually like put this into place. I want, to, I want to step up my game. I want to become a much more professional insurance agent. I don't want to be an amateur anymore. I want to actually start doing this. I want the insurance to trust me. I want them to award me the signed broker of record letter. Great, because that's what I talk about. Everything is geared around that. There's nothing wrong with quoting, but if you can get the broker of record letter, that's better. And so everything is geared towards helping you build your book of business to a $1 million or more threshold. And that's commission, not premium. We're talking commission. You can't sell premium. Better not try and spend premium because you end up in jail.
Insurance agents are focused on commission. How can you get more commission? People who are in the mastermind tend to get better results. I hope that will be you. My name is Charles Specht. I am the president and CEO of Permission Network, where I teach and train insurance agents how to build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. P.S. I do that at brokerofrecordletter.com. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast.